Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Feel good. First, what's that game? Is that technically a game winner? First one. But, uh, Question. All right, here we go. Smart. Looking. Looking for Tatum. Gets it in. Tatum takes it. Makes it. Edwards says, I am hot. Oh, man. Goes baseline, sends it back out to Smart. He'll try a three. Got it. Marcus Smart is so good. Marcus Smart is so good. Smart, same spot, same result. Haywood again comes away with it on the run. Bounce pass. Welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, aka Brutal Gash. Coming up on the show, a recap of the Celtics' 116 to 106 defeat over the Mavericks of Dallas, the untimely injury to Gordon Hayward's keyboard hand, and to top it all off, it just wouldn't feel right without another segment of the Celtics Reddit Recap. Joining us as always from the land of the long white cloud, it's Joe, aka Nosegrows McFly. Joe, how's it going, man? It's good. It's good. It just occurred to me as you're reading your intro, you know. From the perspective of our loyal audience, we are beavering away through the night to bring them this content. So yeah. um, <laughs> you're welcome, America. <laughs> we're in the uh, the off time zone for a reason, so that while you're all sleeping comfortably over there in uh, in Boston or wherever you might be, we're up, we're doing our thing, we're getting the content out for you, fresh for your uh, for your probably what is now a chilly morning there in Boston. Yeah, this is actually my favorite thing about the. Like, I love this time of the NBA season, and I love this time of the year in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, it's um, it's all optimism right now, really, isn't it? Uh, you know? So good. I freaking love this team. So, <laughs> let's get right into it. The win against the Mavs, what did you like from this game? What did you think primarily got it done for the Celtics overall? Man, I thought we played with a lot of energy, eh? That was my... That was my um overwhelming takeaway um I f- there's there's been a comment i forget who tweeted this out but to paraphrase this mystery tweeter um they said something to the effect of or maybe it was an article maybe it was the jared weiss article they basically said um they basically said look you know tatum and brown are at the point where they make positive contributions like every night even if they're having like not a great night. They're going to make a positive contribution to the team. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just felt like the, the, the team feels a lot more grown up. 
um, and uh, the players feel a lot more mature. And yeah, they just brought it, man. They just brought it tonight, eh? Um, it was. I thought they got a real rough whistle in the third when, when realistically they could have gone away with it. Um, Tatum, man, he missed a lot of bunnies, eh? He wasn't making bad decisions, um, at least through the first three quarters. Um, so it was just a professional win. It was a professional win brought about by really good effort, I thought. Yeah, no, I agree. To get the Tatum stuff out of the way, I I felt like it was he started to force it a little bit towards the end of the game where he was kind of like, all right, I'm probably due for a shot now. Keep putting these up. One of them's going to go down. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the same time, he, he's got to put those shots up. He still put his sort of 18 to 22 shots up. You you want to see that despite whether or not it's it's going down. You want to see him continue Stay to aggressive. shoot with the confidence of a person totally. in the role that he's in. He wasn't making, you know, I'm, I can only really speak for the first three quarters because I just <laughs> just watched them. Um, and um, and of the 10, I remember they said his first basket, he's now one for 10. Like he would have shot one mid-ranger, which was a good shot, and mm-hmm. he shot one three, and everything else was laps. Like they're good decisions, you know. Like he's got to make those shots. Like you can't just let him off the hook for that. Like he's really, he's a professional athlete. He's got to make those layups um, yeah. at a way higher rate. But the decision-making is much more uh, um, of interest to me at this point. And at a certain point, you just got to rule it out as a bad game, right? Like he's had some very good games comparatively and he still finished a plus 16, which to be fair is probably more on his teammates than it is him. But four assists, eight boards, you know, a few offensive rebounds there. Like he, he did um, have some positive impact on the game, like he said. So it's not, it's not all bad news for Tatum. But um, yeah, as far as this podcast is concerned, something that I'm I'm sort of glad to get out of the way quickly so we can move on to some, some of the more juicy stuff. <laughs> do, do we go with our castle reference? <laughs> do we start going down that road now? <laughs> I let's see how we go for time, because uh, <laughs> that's I don't know how um... Ben's Ben's nervous about bringing content from the and, and memes from the antipodes to our stateside <laughs> audience. He thinks he thinks it's not going to translate. Yeah, let it let us know in the comments of this this post, listeners out there, how you feel about uh, some some cross hemispheric uh, content there. If you if you if you like it, we can start to add it in. Okay, this is this is a bit of a parenthetical discussion, but. When I listen to like like the worst thing we could do is try and sound American, right? I completely agree. Yes. Like I'm you know There's enough it, of that online, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. So I think we just lean into our, you know, lean into our and lean into the NZX spirit, you know? <laughs> let's reference the castle. Let's see if we can thread it into to what we've got left to discuss. I, I, I want to get to, not to shut that down because I am keen and uh, folks out there, go and watch The Castle. Iconic That's Australian so... movie if you haven't seen it. Um, not... You'll learn a lot about who Joe, uh, myself and, and Jackson are, um, who couldn't be with us tonight, by the way. Shout out to Jackson. Um, huge, huge part of our uh, upbringing, I think, um, based on the discussions Massively. we're having today watching the game. Uh, anyway, we digress. Jalen Brown, <laughs> probably a slightly more important uh, topic given what we saw today. Jalen Brown carried us through stretches of this game, particularly early on before Kemba had his little hot streak there, which we'll get to. 25 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, and only one turnover. What the 
fuck, Jalen Brown? <laughs> like, what are, what are we seeing? A user um, Larbird33 wrote on the post-game thread, Brown's handles are legitimately better, like way better. I don't know what happened this summer. That didn't happen his first three, but it completely changes his ceiling. So, Do you agree with him there? Oh, yeah, I mean... Yes, but when we say handles, I think um, I don't think he's actually better at bouncing the ball. What I think he is doing better uh, is I think he's doing a better job of not getting his head in front of his toes um, when he gets downhill, um, and he's you know he's stopping, <laughs> you know he's stopping and he's taking his time. And I think also his change of pace is way better now. He's snaking the pick and roll. He's using his body well. He had this play where he. Um, he wasn't actually out of a pick and roll. He attacked a closeout, just bodied the dude, coming across the lane, got to the free throw line, and just, Kimber was going to the opposite corner, and he just threw a strike to him for a three-pointer. It was in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so impressed by it. Like, it was just, like, physical, under control, great decision, didn't force it. He did force a couple of shots tonight, but in general, he's so under control right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. His passing, I was saying to a mate of mine before the game, Jalen Brown has shown us some great, you know, unexpected uh, levels of improvement, uh, flourishes of improvement, whatever, however you want to describe it so far this season. I was kind of saying to a friend of mine before the game, I hope that he can add some passing to that, Mm. Um, especially now with with Hayward out, we kind of need someone and no one's going to fill those shoes as well as Hayward could. Um, But uh, you mentioned that, that flash out pass to, I think it was Kemba, in the corner, he had a one another one of those full court like bounce oh, the passes. Oh, yeah, Tatum! That was Tatum's first shot. Yeah, that sort of set the tone for Tatum a little bit for the rest of the night. Unfortunately, unfortunately. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the pass, the pass was you know, whew, unbelievable. It was a steerike, man. It set I up just, beautifully. I, don't, I can't believe what Jalen Brown is showing us. You know, small sample size so far. Maybe there's some regression to the mean to be seen. As the season goes on, but nah, I'm man. so impressed. Nah, he's a different. Like I'm, I'm all in now. Um, what happened there? Because <laughs> he's so much better. He's so he is much so better. Much than better. He was Look, last year. like regression to the mean as if he was shooting forty five percent from three. Yeah, like sure. he is not a forty five percent from three shooter. He is a thirty six, thirty seven percent guy. Maybe he'll creep up to forties. And as you know, as he gets on, decision making is real though. You know, like that's not luck. You know, the decisions that you make, the pace that you play with, that's not luck. That doesn't regress to the mean. That's that's a that's a um that's a mentality shift. Um, it's awesome. It's a real bonus. But this is like he showed real signs in the preseason though. You know? Um, I feel like he's been building up to this. He really hasn't played bad. That the only man, the only thing I can think of that he really I was really like, ah, Jalen, was that um, he had this play. He played awesome defense on Porzingis in the first half. Like, he was in his shirt. And then Porzingis did a step back to the corner, and Jalen, like, left his feet, and Porzingis drew the foul. And I was just like, ah. All you had to do was stay down, and that would have been an unreal defensive position. Yeah, I, I recall the exact play you're talking about. and But even then, it's one it's one instance, right? Like we're yeah. almost nitpicking at him at this point because he's playing so well. He even hit five of his seven free throws, which <laughs> is one of the most exciting parts of the game for me, honestly. This is a nerdish Celtics take, but watching Jalen Brown get fouled, I, I remember being like, well, that's, you know, we're giving up at least a, a point here. He almost the first Step up short. to the line and, and hit two of two, like... 
tears are almost rolling down my, my face at this point. I'm so proud of this kid who's come such a long way, even just in, in that sense, free throw shooting. <laughs> so funny story is um, <laughs> when I was watching this, when I was watching the game, I was, you know, doing the old league pass and you can flick through. So obviously you don't watch free throws because boring. Yeah. But when Jalen, when Jalen got, when Jalen got fouled, I was like, I'm not skipping this. Like, no. Edge of your seat <laughs> I want to <laughs> yeah, see if he makes the first, you know? <laughs> uh, so good. Um, it's, it's really fun watching Jalen at the moment because nearly everything he does on the court is a revelation. Like, he really is showing us so much that we didn't see any of, even just less than a year ago. Um, if he were a house... Let's just say I'd be happy with the renovations we did, we put in over the summer. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that was the best metaphor I could come up with. Pre, uh, charm, charm, Ed's charm. <laughs> really, Victoriana feel, Victoriana feel with those uh, Victorian lattice work there. <laughs> um, do we want to get to Kemba? Sure. Uh, I really, I think I said this in the last show, but he's really becoming a Celtic in my eyes very quickly. Um, just because of the the sort of energy that he brings to the team and this sort of exchange of energy that he seems to have with the crowd. Um, if we want to get like straight to his third quarter, I think he only had about four points in the first half, five points. So he had 20, 29 points in the game overall, 24 in the second half, uh, including some extremely clutch shots in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I don't think that we win this game without Campbell Walker's heroics. What do you reckon? Yeah, I agree. I mean, somebody needed to step up and make shots there. And that's still not really Jalen's... That's not really his oeuvre, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, we really needed him today. It was him or Tatum or Hayward would be the guys to, to take on that sort of role. And, and he was awesome today. Um, I think I'm going to have to revise one of my sort of opinions of him. And that's... Um, he is really... He can be really effective off the ball. Um, he, mm-hmm. there was a play in the there was a play in the third quarter where um, there's this oh there's a play they seem to run where they they there's like a double high screen it's not um, the guy will come up it's not horns it's like the guys will come off and the, and Kemba can use a screen either way and um, basically smart pop free and then Kemba and Tice basically just played <laughs> played um, played Tiggy and. Um, <laughs> And then Kimber just lost his dude like off the ball and went around a tight screen and drilled a three right from the top of the top of the key. It was awesome, man. I was like, I mean, this dude's a legit threat off the ball. So that's probably a bit of, you know, ignorance um, that's being uncovered there. The scales are falling from my eyes and I'm <laughs> seeing seeing Kimber as an off ball threat. Yeah. Are you are you starting to get a sense with regards to Kimber? We've lived through a, a few iterations of Celtics point guards recently. Uh, I guess beyond Rondo, uh, Isaiah Thomas, and Kyrie Irving, are you starting to get a sense that Kemba might be the like the best one we've had in a while? Man, that first IT or that last IT season was pretty special. Season. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if it can top. Like, I mean, I don't know if he literally can top that. I mean, Thomas averaged thirty and was just. Just, just an absolute sweetheart, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, might be a bit early to ask that question. Yeah, uh, maybe you're right. I, I, I guess the angle I'm, I'm thinking of there is like fit on the team, and because we've got other guys now, um, you know, an, an anomaly with with Tatum's performance today, but generally speaking, Tatum and Hayward and and Jalen Brown 
who Kemba is and how he plays and how he fits into who those guys are as well. I feel like we're looking at the best fit we've had in a while and our record kind of shows that so far. Yeah, something there? clearly personality-wise, you know, I wonder whether maybe like when IT was on the team, there's always this kind of scepter of his contract hanging over the t- yeah. his, his ex- you know, uh, you know, the Brinks track. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe he had a slightly too dominant personality. Kemba seems a little more chill than that, a little more apt to let, you know, um, to let Tatum and and, and Hayward particularly have a bit more control of the ball. Maybe you're right. Yeah. It's it's tough, right? Like, there's no, like, it's it's hard to get a counterfactual, right? But um, Yeah. You're always preaching the the 20-game sample size before we, we lay down those initial takes we're halfway there almost nine yeah, games yeah. into the season and we're starting to get an idea of what the meal will taste like as this recipe comes together we're starting to get there but um it's still got a little while left in the oven i suppose uh, yeah i'm finding it pretty hard not to jump to conclusions i was oh, pretty yeah. ex- these last two wins i've been pretty pumped on eh? um like i did not expect that san antonio game I did not expect that, man. That was sure. a surprise, eh? So decisive as well. And, and the way that the team shut down the Marcus Aldridge, uh, like by committee almost, while yeah. not giving up too much with their perimeter scoring as well. Um, shout yeah. out to Paddy Mills, who had a great game, by the way. <laughs> great Australian, um, Paddy Mills. <laughs> uh, yeah, amazing. I was, I was very surprised. I loved the, um, the Popovich... Uh, sort of love the at the end of the game. Was, yeah. Like Popovich, yeah. He, he's the cool kid at the party, right? And you know, if you if you walk into that situation and stroll up to, you know, picture a house party situation, you stroll straight up to Popovich and shake his hand, and he like <laughs> daps you up and recognizes you. Like you you're doing something right, and like several of our guys are in that position, and that 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 feels good as a, from a I guess a proud fan standpoint. Yeah, if I that mean, makes any sense. I guess it does say that Popovich at least thought our guys were players. Um, sure. So maybe that's why we feel good about it. We sort of feel like it val- like it sort of <laughs> validates our guys, I guess, you know, that Popovich has some sort of affection for them. He clearly thought they were good dudes to coach, you know. So, um, yeah, it makes me feel good about the coachability of our team going forward. I haven't seen I haven't seen Pop yucking it up with Kyrie. <laughs> I doubt we'll ever see that. Uh, yeah, very few coaches, I think, are going to be uh, yucking it up. I, even uh, Kenny Atkinson, I feel like, halfway through the season won't be uh, mixing it up with, <laughs> with Kyrie too much. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Just, um, just a thought. Just a thought. What if Katie's like, you know what, guys? I don't know <laughs> if I can actually roll with Kyrie. Can you just um, <laughs> can you ship him? Imagine that. How, oh, my gosh. I'd love it. Yeah, I, I, all Celtics fans at this point are sort of sitting back, rubbing their bellies, just uh, just contemplating that that reality. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, who knows? How sweet was watching Devin Booker and Bainsey, another great Australian, just absolutely throttling the nets. Oh, it was just so yeah. sweet. Rubio as well. Like he had a, a really awesome turnover. Um, he basically picked Kyrie as he was like going all like full on Kyrie and his you know, triple crossover. Uncle Drew and rookie Rubio was just like, you know, no nada. Takes yeah. the ball up the other, up the other end of the court and um, yeah, which is the decisive routing of the Nets. It's good to see them. Anyway, to off lose. topic. Off topic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, back to the Mavs game. Honorable mentions: Marcus Smart, 
I mentioned him first because he almost doesn't even deserve to be in the honorable mention. He, he deserves his own segment. It's an incredible game from Marcus Smart. We continue to see like things that um, on one hand, it's like, oh, that's classic Marcus Smart. But on the other hand, we've kind of also never seen before. Mm. And particularly in this game, the all almost in one fluid motion, the rebound oh, behind yeah. the back dish to the Time Lord for the dunk. That was amazing. And yet you're kind of almost not surprised to see him do that. He's a genius. <laughs> he Smart really as a basketball genius. Mm. And like all good geniuses, he has his flaws. But he's a <laughs> genius. I I just love him. Um, there was another cool one where he had a chase down block and the mics picked it up and he got like, they picked out of his, give me that, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> his, his, yeah, I just feel like we're really lucky now that the team is sort of infused with his personality uh, a little bit. You know, he really is the tone setter. I think he's really enjoying this team. I think so too. And, you know, looking forward to when Hayward's back, really, if there's one guy you want, like any team wants coming off the bench to lead a squad in our case of basically Wanamaker and rookies, you want it to be Marcus Smart, right? Like he can defend one through five. He's an excellent playmaker. He can get into the paint and he's getting kind of good at creating his own shot as well. I think he went four for seven from three. He didn't obviously create all of those shots himself. But like I said, he can get into the paint and he, he is getting a little bit nifty, a little bit creative. And I, I feel very confident with our, I guess, our lack of bench death, depth this year that Marcus Smart when we're fully healthy, healthy will be at the helm of that. Like he, I feel like he can take care of those the youngins. Oh yeah, he's um he's really competent out of the pick and roll. He snakes back. He's a good playmaker. Um, he's enough of a threat to do any one thing. Um, by the way, just stat update on Marcus Smart. He's crossed the. <laughs> I always think the Mendoza line. I don't think that's actually a thing. I think that's like a Bill Simmons thing, but yeah. Um, where he's shooting his, where he's crossed forty percent from the field. He is officially shooting forty percent for the year from, from the field, and thirty seven percent from three, which is, which is Marcus's equivalent of shooting a 40, 40, 90, 40, 50, 90, or fifty forty ninety. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you add in all the other shit that he did on the court. Zero steals somehow today, which seems like, I guess there's no stat to quantify defensive intensity and the eventual forcing of a turnover or a mistake hence the zero steals on the yeah. uh, on the statue there for marcus smart but you know a block he's six assists um he shot over 66 percent from the field um, there's, there's no stat yes, for incredible there's no stat for tone setting and that's like when people talk about intangibles like really that's what it is like robert williams tonight i thought played with a real fire under his bum you know mm-hmm. There was one play. There was one play early, early on in his first stint, and he like doubled Luca, like hard. Yeah, you know. And I was like, yes, that's what I want to see. I want to see you like, I want to see Robert Williams being forceful. You know. Um. Yeah, that was that was really encouraging. This it was honestly it was just all pretty good news tonight. I was I was sort of thinking, you know, when I was watching, I was like, ah, oh, man, we feels like we missed a couple opportunities to put these guys away you know, to stretch the lead into the high teens. Um, but I don't think it was really that we were playing bad or making bad decisions. It's just that Luca is like the ultimate. Luca is so good. Badass. Yeah. Oh my Great segue. Gosh, he's Next honorable so mention. Good. 
Luka Doncic. Holy shit. Like, even Mike Gorman and Tommy Heinsohn, the ultimate homer, yeah. was like, damn, this kid is good. And, yeah, I just I couldn't believe when I was watching him. He's, he's so perfect as a player. And he doesn't possess, like, any anything physically outstanding as far as athleticism or quickness or anything. But he's just so nifty and, and shifty and just intelligent with his approach to the game. He's big. He's strong. He's on balance, and um, he's like his talent, his superpower is he just he's you know some people just have a knack they can just formulate a plan you know um, he'll get a little advantage like every time he's got it he's getting something good for his team you know like every single time he's got it something good's gonna happen and oh man he's um, he's a problem that play where he like he went behind the back um, this is Oh, no. yeah, no, this wasn't actually the play where Gorman and, T- and Tommy went nuts. He mm-hmm. went behind his back, cut into the lane, like looked off looked off the corner, like looked at the guy at the 45 and just no look to Kleber in the corner and then like just started running back down the court with like three fingers in the air. Like, as Total Kleber confidence. Was <laughs> he's, he's so good, man. Oh, my gosh. Like he doesn't have to improve anymore. He doesn't. No. And he will, though. He definitely he, will, mm-hmm. which is terrifying. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting, like, little what-ifs, you know, like, I'm so happy with Tatum. He was a great pick. But if you could hop in a time machine and say, go back to the 2018 draft and say, you know what, um, we think Tatum's the, the real deal. Would you t- trade Dallas Would you or Atlanta? Would you trade Tatum for the three pick? I guarantee they would have taken it at the time. And um, holy moly. Yeah, like, I'm 100% behind that that hypothetical idea. Like, uh, <laughs> Tatum is like like Tatum's awesome. Tatum's awesome. He really is. I'm not down on him at all. But Doncic is the jewel of this generation, man. He is the best player of this of this new crop. I've got no doubt about it. Eh? That Dallas team's good, man, and it's just because of him. In the post game thread, user Nick Talbot two four nine seven writes, "I'm glad Luca isn't on the Hawks. I mean, Jesus yeah. Christ, imagine playing that guy four times a year oh, instead of yeah. twice." Yeah, uh, tend to agree. <laughs> yeah, man, like the, the Hawks. Like Trey was a great pick at number five, but mm. he's just not. <laughs> no one is. Yeah, like no Luca's one is Luca. So good, man. Holy Generational. God. Yeah, man. Rattling off the rest of the, the honorable mentions very quickly, Daniel Tice, Brad Wanamaker, and Javante Green, role players in capital letters here in my notes. Excellent role playing skills by these guys, particularly all of them. <laughs> I was going to try and yeah. single out one of them. I guess Wanamaker later in the game, where there were some long stretches where Campbell was off the court, he, I feel like he was doing everything and like getting really timely and one buckets. And yeah. Tice is just you know, four inches in height away from being the ultimate big man. I feel like he's uh, got incredible um, awareness in terms of where to put himself on the court relative to everybody else. He just really is an excellent fundamental big man. It's just a shame that he's not a big, big man, I suppose. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's... I mean, it's one of those things where you're like, well, if he was, if I was four inches taller, I'd be in the NBA, you know? like <laughs> yeah. Not actually, but... Sure, <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought when I was 15. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I wonder if Tice is more like it's hard his game is and his body is his body but like I almost feel like he's you know 30 pounds too light more than he is 4 inches too short uh-huh. um, 
yeah, that's just that's just kind of how how I, you know sometimes it feels like it's dominated. How have you felt about Wanamaker this season? Bad up until this game, actually. <laughs> yeah. So do you, you still? Yeah. Like he has had like what? I can't remember the game now. He had one game. He was having a shocker. He like turned it over really badly twice in a row. Um, that's not what I want from Brad Wanamaker. You know, he's there to not make mistakes, eh? Um, but tonight he didn't. Tonight he was great. Yeah, Brad. Uh, Brad want to make you happy. He was making me uh, happy today, man. I, you know, I have such short um, um, memory span. Looking back, like today, I was like, "Fuck yeah, want to make a always being better than Terry Rozier." <laughs> Should have been our backup point guard last year. And then afterwards, you start to think about it. You know, in more. Oh no, no, that's true. Context. <laughs> Ro- Rozier was awful last year. Like, <laughs> yeah. I hope Rozier has a good career. He's putting up okay stats at Charlotte. I look at his box score, you know, but he was awful for us last year he really was man mm-hmm. um we can't forget that eh? like we had to move on <laughs> like no you know what i'm saying like no matter how good a career he goes on and has it was the right decision to, to, oh, yeah, to let him 100%. go yeah um and in the short term especially so it's looking like a good move to um to part ways with terry rogier just very quickly the final honorable mention tommy heinson was really in his bag tonight i felt like we got <laughs> prime tommy i, I gotta say like on this on the on the telly he's looking particularly old i really don't know how much of tommy heinson we have left um in his capacity as a color commentator or in general on this planet, he, he really, I'm sad to say he really does look like he is, is getting on a little bit, but he was, you know, get I was the talking, ball I was, to Walker. <laughs> like I was, I was chatting to a fr- another friend of mine. We were both watching the game and I was like, put on the Celtics feed on league pass and listen to this guy. And he was not into it at all. And I was, I was trying to explain to him that Tommy Heisen's a legend in you know, multiple time championship player coach wise. Like he is the Celtics. Um, and he just couldn't get into it, but like, I absolutely, uh, there's, there's no Heisen. accounting. There's no accounting for taste Ben. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. But, uh, all throughout this game, right? Like he was completely, he was the exact Tommy Heinsohn that every fan hopes for when they turn on uh, NBC <laughs> Boston broadcast. Yeah, the, the the parts, the Tommy parts I most enjoy are when he like has to reluctantly concede that the ref got it right, like <laughs> like yeah. when when he thought Williams like didn't goal ten on that Luca Luca drive. You know? uh, yeah, so <laughs> oh, all right, I'll let you off with this one. <laughs> yeah, and and going from Kyle Draper and Scal, who I love. Scal in particular, back to Gorman and Heinsohn is like, it's just such a treat. You yeah. really need to savor those moments. Now, before we move on to the Reddit recap, very quickly, we haven't discussed Hayward's injury at all. The question I wanted to ask you, Joe, around the Hayward injury was, how do you see the, I, particularly the offensive strategy? Because I feel like we've got it covered on the defensive end. But offensively, how do you feel like the team is going to compensate for, for the lack of Hayward um, is today a good enough example of that, or do you think there's more to be done around that going forward? Uh, my initial thoughts were: I feel like this is what means we're going to see more of Grant Williams. That was that was my initial. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 really in the tank for Grant Williams right mm-hmm. now. Um, even though he hasn't shot the ball like at all. Well, he's shooting it. <laughs> it's not uh, very well. <laughs> yeah, but you know, whereas Green just sort of seems to never miss. I gotta say, just a quick parenthetical on Green, like he's already, you know, like like the radar, 
in the castle, he's just paid for himself, mate. Like, you oh, yeah. know what I mean? Like, if you have two games as an undrafted free agent 15th man, like, literally, he was the last guy to make the team, right? And um, he's already contributing. Um, he's contributed to two wins. Like, literally, he's just paid for himself. Oh, you know? 100%. Like, that's he's awesome. Great. Yeah. I hope to see more of him going forward. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Javante Green take, like, taking on a bigger role now with, with Hayward out. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you bring that up because I feel like of all the... If there's one optimistic takeaway from this Hayward thing, which is obviously you know terrible and annoying, and particularly for Hayward with his injury history with the Celtics, the one optimistic takeaway is that perhaps we'll see a little bit more of Javante Green and that could be a good thing for our depth going forward, where our bench is being considered maybe a little shallow, um, or he could be potentially a good trade piece going forward if he could prove himself um, as a as a solid part of a rotation, um, you know, on a regular season team. Yeah, I, I'm gonna double down on like because I saw Bobby Marks pr- predicting more minutes for Javante Green, and it's just to me, it's just that's too obvious. Mm-hmm. Like I know he's a swing. We were overstocked at the wing anyway, you know. I, I, I think I think this is Williams's big opportunity um, to play some non-center minutes as well too. Um, yeah, I, I I think I think he just fits really well in so many lineups, and um, you know we we we're kind of maybe a little we, we're kind of shoehorning. The three wings together into the into that starting lineup, you know, and um, we do have an opportunity to see how it looks with a slightly more naturally balanced uh, lineup now. I think, um, yeah, I'm I'm I want to double down on my prediction that this is Williams's big opportunity, but he's got to take it, you know, he's got to start making some shots. Um, yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, you know, like Ojale, like I think Ojale is an NBA player, but man, I just I don't think he's going to make it on this team. Um, no, it doesn't seem like it. And even with that limited opportunity that Javante Green has been given so far, he's already usurped almost anything that we've seen from um, from Shemi other than his um, very dominant defense over over Giannis. But um, yeah, yeah I, I agree with, with Grant Williams. He's definitely, I feel like, the most likable player on the team. <laughs> um, you know, for for a rookie to bring in that level of personality somewhat of a galvanizing personality there's no arguing that um you know he he isn't part of the contribution to the completely flipped around vibes and and personality of this team this year um so to see him succeed individually would be very satisfying for for most fans so i hope you're right i really want to see that and he was making those shots in the preseason he was those those three-point shots so we know we can do it uh and perhaps the moment's a little big for him um, as it is for Carson Edwards so far, but hopefully that sort of fizzles out after a little while and he can get out of his own head and, and, and start to make it happen. So I think we'll ex- I think extended, min- extended minutes are good for any player, but um, I sort of feel like he's doing that thing. You know, when you play, you go play pickup with like really good players mm-hmm. and, you know, you just get, you're just like, right, I'm not going to do, I don't want to make any mistakes. I'm just going to go really, really hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I'm only going to shoot if I'm wide, wide open. You know, I'm not going to do anything that makes them, these really good guys think I'm a dick and a selfish player. Yeah. I and am a role player. I am a role player. <laughs> In street ball. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and he's just, and he, that's what he's doing right now. And he's doing a good job of it. But um, Javante clearly has a different mentality. Like, you've got to kind of think you belong a little bit too, you know? 
So it's a real hard thing to do, eh? Because he needs to be a he needs to be aggressive, but stay inside that role. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll see how he manages. Interesting. Well, we've got four to six weeks or whatever it is to see how it plays out until uh, Hayward's back. Feel bad for Hayward. Like I said earlier, that's his keyboard hand. He's WASD mashing hand. Um, I don't know what he's going to do video game wise. <laughs> it's just going to be interesting to see. I hope that he can find a way to keep his head during these dark times. But uh, oh. I guess the the takeaway there is that it, it's not a lower extremity injury. He can keep himself fit and conditioned. And uh, while it sucks because he was playing so so well, it, it could be a lot worse. And he should be back by Christmas. So yeah, who knows? Maybe we. <laughs> Maybe we won't lose any games between now and then, you know? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, yeah. That's how it feels I'm, I'm right quick now. to jump to that conclusion. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. All right, all right folks, we're going to take a very quick break and be back in a moment for the Reddit Recap. Folks, welcome back. This is the Reddit recap. But we're going to start with a post to the sub by user Airmag Swag. It's a Jared Weiss tweet. He says, "Does Marcus Smart have a message for teams that keep switching bigs like Porzingis onto him?" Quote Marcus. Keep it coming, plain and simple. Keep it coming. And Joe, before we open up to discussion, I'm going to quickly skip to the second part of the Reddit recap, and it's a post by user Bobby Boners. Uh, Chris Mannix tweet after the game. He says, eight wins in a row now for Boston. Celtics brass needs to be hunting big man on the trade market. This team might be a defensive-minded slash rebounding big man away from being a legit threat in the conference. Is that still true? Why and why not? I guess what I want to ask you there, Joe, is the first tweet is sort of a discussion around Marcus Smart feeling a lot of that big man role for us at least defensively but we can essentially stick him on anybody and have some confidence that you know he'll he'll get it done as far as limiting that big man as he did with Pozingas today the other side of it is that we look damn good we look really good and are we perhaps like a Tristan Thompson or equivalent away from being like definite title contenders um, and then you add to that the limitations around what's available in the trade market so I'm just curious to hear what your what take is on all of that um okay how do you and riff you know, it feels like a long time ago now, but how do you feel about the game we had against Philly? The game we had against Philly, I feel like, well, it's the one game we lost, uh, but it's also the first game of the season. So I would really like to see us have at them again now that we've um, uh, we've garnered up a bit more of that chemistry. Uh, but I do feel like we threw everyone we had as far as our big men at Joel Embiid and you know, obviously no one could really get it done. No one had that much of an effect on him. Yeah, I I feel like there's a little bit of a... When when there can be a knock-on effect, eh? You know, when a guy sort of starts to really dominate you inside and they start sending those doubles whenever he picks the ball up um, and that puts us in rotation. We, I think, yes, you know, like that's my, my instinct. I, 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 you know, the fan in me, like... Just hates it when I hear um, when I hear the analysts saying, "Oh, you know, the Celtics haven't really played anyone yet," which is not quite true. Um, we've had a, I think, a favourable schedule, um, but not. It's not like we've beaten nobody. You know, we've beaten some good teams, but I do agree with them that um, I feel like 
yeah, I do sort of feel like Philly is still in a slightly higher tier in my head. Um, I just think physically they really can dominate us. Um, and I think we got to do something about that. Um, and even then, I just sort of think about, imagine playing the Lakers right now. Like, man, that would be a problem. <laughs> you know, like LeBron, AD, Dwight. Um, yeah. We, I just feel like we're just, I do feel like we're just that one player away. And then all of a sudden our wings aren't defending up a spot. Um, you know, everyone slides down a spot, right? Like I'm pretty comfortable with, um, I'm pretty comfortable with Jalen on fours. Uh, sorry, Jason on fours and Jalen on threes. Um, Hayward and then smart, you know, like it just sort of everything. I just feel like everyone, when everyone j- drops down a spot, I feel like we're good. Um, and it would be great to just have somebody who's, able to rebound and stick with guards on switches. That's pretty much what we need. Yeah, and you're not seeing that from anyone on our roster at this point, at least not consistently? Nah. Everyone brings something, right? But no one brings the whole thing. I've been actually really disappointed with Poirier. Like, I think he's looked absolutely awful. He's looked not ready to catch the ball. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Yeah, I'm... (laughs) He must well go back to France, honestly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He's playing a suitable role on the on the bench at the moment. But, yeah. Uh, as far as like the the dimensions of a big man, I feel like he's the most suitable. Like yeah. he's kind of the best size, size, and agility, but he just hasn't got. He's got no game. Yeah, I, and we're probably being unfair to him. He's, but it's been a rough start. <laughs> like he has not looked good, man. Um, you've got to be able to catch the flipping ball, eh? And um, he's been butterfingers, man. Um, yeah, Williams is like, if Williams plays with force, like he's, you know, but he's still skinny, you know? He's he's not a big guy, Williams, eh? You know? Yeah. And um, he's going to foul out in a playoff game, I feel yeah, like, if we, if totally. we go to him as our, like, okay, like, we believe in you, Rob Williams. We believe in you, Time Lord. You're our guy. Um, I feel like, you know, one and a half quarters in, he's got four fouls and he's in trouble, especially against a guy like Embiid. He's got to slow down, eh? You know, he's got to... The development mentally that Jalen's taken on offense, he has to take on defense, you know? Um, He's like looking to do the equivalent of dunk everything, you know, when you just need to stay on your feet a little longer, be the second guy to jump sometimes. Um, Yeah, just needs to let the game slow down a little bit and he'll be better. But I don't sort of project him as like a real... Like he just—he's skinny, man. Like he just doesn't look like Stephen Adams or, or Tristan Thompson to me. And so, do you anticipate a pre-deadline trade around a big man for the Celtics? No, because I don't see where the salary is coming from. And if it yeah. is going to be anybody, it's going to be Hayward. Hayward's got to be the guy that they move. Um, and I don't know whether there's the appetite for that. I won't be gutted if we don't trade Hayward. Like I'm happy to ride it out with him. Um. But if he walks though this summer, man, we'll be we'll be kicking ourselves. Yeah, that's a real tough one because you were saying in and out our chat the other day. But if there's any chance of us being elite, it's because we've got Gordon Hayward playing at a level that like he's been playing so far, right? So I, we can't, we can't really trade him if we want any chance in the short term of of doing anything good. I think he's our best player, you know. Yeah, in the same way as I I felt like Al Horford was our best player. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's in the same way, you know. Um, he's so complete. Yes, oh, he's so complete. He's <laughs> like he's like Rene Zellweger and Tom Cruise, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's only talking about the hair. I mean, you get to his stuff on the court and, and really talking. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. I miss him already. I miss and, him already. And, and he's gonna he's gonna want us to show him the money. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Who knows? I mean, we, we we can't go there yet. I mean, oh, uh, I I've guess... already, he's gonna opt out. He is going to opt out. He's shown enough, man. Um, and so we're gonna have to extend. Um, or we're going to have to re-up. Maybe he's not durable enough. Maybe he gets injured again, closer to the playoffs, and it's like, suddenly there's some question. You know, you're a great player, Mr. Hayward, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you've got a, a bit of an injury history there with your with your second team, the the Boston Celtics, and we're a little concerned to, to throw you what you think you deserve. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to happen for the record. I don't, but, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want that to happen for him, you know? But, no. um, yeah, uh we're going to have to pay him this summer. Like it's, it's, it's like it, to me, it's just so obviously going to happen. Um, the only reason it won't is if he literally does crap out and gets himself injured again, in which case we wouldn't really want him to opt in anyway, you know? <laughs> so um, we're in a no win situation really with Hayward right now. Well, if he continues to play once he's back healthy, if he continues to play the way that he had been playing, and he was almost on an upward trend there as well, as like not only was he basically back, but he seemed like he was getting better every game, not just in terms of his individual ability, but how he fit in with the rest of the team. If we're in the position to re-sign him, I feel like we have to do that, right? Like he is very good, and if you look at the the free agent class, there's not a lot else going on and you have to feel like he might be leaning back towards the Celtics because maybe he feels like he never got the chance to do what he came here to do maybe but like someone might throw you know I don't know what the he can't throw what's the max for a um I guess it's the equivalent of the KD and um Kyrie contracts last year right like four years 160 I don't know it's less than what we could offer him but I also don't think that we could realistically offer him the quote super max, right? Because that's just that's right. an overpay. Right. We're not gonna we're not gonna do like the four years two hundred million or whatever it is. But we could still outbid anybody else, I think. I yeah. think. I don't know. Okay. But here's the thing. He's gonna opt out if he has a good season. Sure. There's heaps of cap space and no one to fill it. So he's gonna get four years one four years for one sixty. So that's what we're looking at committing to him minimum. How do you right. feel about that? Um, a little ripped off because, <laughs> because honestly, he the reason why Hayward Hayward's in, in a no one just contractually, he's provided negative value over the first two years of his contract. Right, not his fault though. Not his fault, but still, it's negative value. Sure, you know. And now, the second that it looks like we might get positive value, like the timeline on on the contract's going to cut out. So, you know. Um, that's just how it goes. Like we, we can't control that, but we have the ability to control whether or not we re-sign him. And if he continues to play as well as he has and contributes to what could be a very successful season for us, uh, you, you just do it, right? Like a lot of talk about this with, with Kemba ahead of the this season, like whether or not you do it, whether or not it's an overpay. My take was you just do it. If you can get the guy, you're paying the money. Like he's that level of player. And I, I feel like Haywood started to show us that he's also that level of player. Well, I think that assumes that we can just re-sign him, right? Like, I guess so. Yeah, that's that's. I don't think that's like a totally unreasonable thing to assume. But no, he's not restricted, man. Like, he can just leave. You know, it's so funny. Like when we when if if you know, go back to Anthony Davis, right? Like last year, the whole drama. Oh, 
trade me now because I'm not going to resign. You know, like if you know someone's not going to resign or you suspect they're not going to resign, you know, the, the mentality is you've got to move that asset, right? Yeah. And, and <laughs> it's not, to me, it's not so unimaginable that we can't be in the same situation with Hayward, you know, where he's like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll have to see what Robin says. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not ready to deal with that mentally. I have to tell you, I I want to see him come back. I want to see him play well for an extended stretch of time with the Celtics, and and perhaps that will start to influence how we feel about this whole thing and yeah. how he feels about us. Um, and meanwhile, the big man discussion there, as part of the Reddit recap, straight on to talking about Hayward, which is you know maybe that's the hotter topic and, and more of an influential movement coming forward for the Celtics but um it is going to be interesting to see what we do about this big man situation because I feel like as part of even keeping Hayward here and um you know attracting subsequent free agents and things like that if you can make a little move there to to bolster our front court and make us a, a true contender to get over the Embiid's of this world like that makes us a more enticing destination it's, it's so hard though like because if you let's just say you're Cleveland and we're like, all right, we'll trade you Tristan Gordon Hayward for Chris, Tristan Thompson. Like, why does Cleveland do that? Because Gordon Hayward's not going to stay in Cleveland. No, sure. But we need, like, he's the only, like, if unless it's smart and over, like, over my dead flipping body, that's going to happen, right? There's no one else in that salary range. You could put together Tice and Kenta and they get you, get you like, 10. But then you've got, you know, no big man depth. Right, yeah. Um, and you've got, and you're only able to take back, you know, what is it? You're able to take back eighty percent, right? Is eighty percent the rule? So, you know, if you send ten million out, you can take. Well, I don't even know if you can do that. There might be restrictions on Kanda because he's a one year player, right? Mm-hmm. He's probably he's probably got a no trade clause. I wonder if he does. You know, that effective thing where if they're on a one year contract, you can't uh-huh. trade him. Yeah, yeah, sure. Anyway, like the it's the, tough. So, so who's out there that's gonna that's making a lot of money. Adams is one, right? So let's just say, okay, uh, I'm Boston. You're OKC. Um, hey, Sam Presti, do you want to take um, Gordon Hayward for Stephen Adams? Well, I don't think he's going to resign here. So no, go so for no. yourself. All right. <laughs> so then you've got to be like, uh, okay, so do we have to attach a, a pick that... Yeah. Fully, you know, like now all of a sudden we're giving up assets yep. to get something because we're initiating the discussion. It, okay. It, it looks like a it's a real bind, eh? Um, so it, in I, that I don't case, see then, the move. it's either almost an unprecedented, sudden improvement from basically the Time Lord. He he is the candidate there for someone who could progress enough to be just good enough to um to play enough of a role to help us get by someone like the Sixers, or it's a buyout market candidate. Um, and we're not yeah. sure who is going to be available in the buyout market. So perhaps we need to revisit the subject um, at a later date. <laughs> that's, I think that's a good point. I think it is probably more likely to be a buyout buy. Like, yep. I'd love Tyson Chandler. You know, like, I, I don't know. It's 37 old, years old. But, you know, that's the type of player we want. Yeah, you know? a rim protector, right? An enforcer. Rim protector, roll <laughs> runner, I was going to say. Rim runner, rim roller. <laughs> um, yeah, who cleans up on the, on the glass. Honestly, like Dwight Howard would have been Dwight Howard for the Lakers would have been a pretty good get for us. It's weird that we're able to say that. It's so weird. You're kind of right. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. uh, That feels dirty. (laughs) It's out there. It's out there. Mm. 
All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Thanks, as always, for joining us. If you want to support the show, by the way, please go ahead and subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Share with your friends and all of those wonderful things. And if you want to get in touch, the best way is honestly just to comment on the Reddit thread for this episode. Looking at the schedule ahead, Joe, at home next against the Wizards, against Isaiah Thomas, wouldn't argue against an additional tribute video now that we'll actually see him on the court in TD Garden for the first time basically ever. I'm down with it. It feels like... How long has it been now? Like three years, it feels like, eh? So the magic's still there, though. I, I feel the we magic love every him. time I, I see him, his face on Instagram or Twitter or, you know, I've been watching Wizards games to see how he plays. He's been doing all right. Um, the magic's still there, so... Yeah, he... Um, <laughs> I, I always hope he does well. So, go IT. Yeah, Light so us up, at, man. So, at home against the Wizards, then on the road against the Warriors and the Kings. It's three games right there where I just... We should, like we, we should, we, we should go three and I, I think when we talked last, I said I was pretty happy if we went like nine and four for the rest uh-huh. of the thing. And we were at that, um, that was before the Cavs game, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, might, must have maybe I dropped a game there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Rosillo. Um, <laughs> but the only two there that like, like, I expect us to drop probably on that West coast trip, like, we should win Golden State and Sacramento. So then it's Phoenix, which I still expect us to win. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, nine and four, for, you know, the record for this month. Like, if we drop two games, I think that's pretty... That's what I'm thinking right now. I'll be disappointed if we drop four games now, you know, for the rest yeah. of the month. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's the Suns after the Kings, like you mentioned. And, like, they've been good but i feel like we've been better i feel like we can beat them it's yeah, difficult. yeah it might be one of the more challenging games that we've faced in the last few weeks and then it brings us to the clippers game but i think we'll do another podcast before the clippers game so we can discuss that in a greater detail um at that point but definitely still a few bunnies there uh before we might get tested a bit it really has broken well for us um you know the warriors being down the kings being down um I guess the nets being down a little bit, like we've got, yeah, we've got a real good chance to, to get some separation. Yeah. All right, folks, we'll be back in a week or so. In the meantime, get well, Gordo. Prayers up. Go Celtics. Peace.